Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Complete Center's Guide. I am your host, Tyler Fowler, and with me, as always, my two co-hosts now, two co-hosts, Noah Chalaya and Joshua, or as he is also known on a couple other episodes we did, Jimmy Davidson. What is going on, guys? How y'all doing this week? Great, Tyler. How are you? I'm I'm doing fantastic. Josh, how you doing, bub? We just did, so check this out. For those who are listening on the radio right now, KQQ 88.3 FM, thank you so much for tuning in. This is, like I said, this is the Complete Center's Guide, and so we talk about a whole host of different stuff because, here's the thing, I, I want to, how do I say this? I want to document my journey as a Christian, right? I want to give you, all of you listening, ladies and gentlemen, I want to give you my experience because, here's why, because I think that helps us grow. I think there's a reason that we give testimony. I think there's a reason that we experience all the heartache and all the suffering and all the evil that Josh and I were just talking about on another episode, a live episode of CSG on Facebook and YouTube, and we were talking about evil and God permitting it and all these different things, and I look at my life and I wonder, why do these things happen to me? Why do bad things happen to me? And I know Josh and I are going to discuss that a little bit tonight, and I will bring him on here in just a second uh, to tell you exactly what we're going to be talking about in a little bit more detail. But first, I just want to—I just want to be honest with you guys. Like, can I do that? Is—is is that allowed? And then I want to jump into some scripture, and then I just—I I want to turn it over to my co-host Josh just to give us some practical wisdom tonight. Josh said it just right before we went on air. When's the last time we've read scripture? You know, just sat down and just read the Bible a little bit. And I want to do that tonight. So if you got your Bibles, don't don't do this if you're on your way home, obviously. But if you want to follow along, Luke 22, uh, 39 is where we're going to begin tonight. But I just want to be honest with you guys for a second, guys and gals. So check this out. There are some family, and, and I'm going to get personal a little bit, and and I think that's okay because I don't think, first of all, Christians get to get personal enough with each other. We need to be talking to each other. We need to confess our sins to one another. We need to let people know, hey, I'm not all right if you're really not all right, right? And so I think, I, like I said, I just want to be open with you guys tonight, everyone, public. You know, I won't go into too excruciating detail, but I want to let you know what's going on with me. Because if you're experiencing this or going through it, you're not alone, you're not alone, and that's the worst thing that we can do is think we are alone when indeed we're not. So check this out. <sighs> what? Where do I even begin with this? So Josh knows what's going on a little bit, but my there's a person in my family who is exhibiting delusions, um, hallucinations, and very, very sporadic, very not understandable talking, okay? And what I mean by that is whenever she's in the middle of a sentence or she's trying to explain something, all of the words are jumbled. She uses words that she doesn't mean or, or says that she doesn't mean. She uses words that have no bearing on the conversation or context of the conversation whatsoever. And so when looking at these types of things on the Internet, and, and I know, trust me, guys, I'm not getting my medical <laughs> opinions on the Internet here, but looking at the consistent good places you know or you go, like Mayo Clinic and, and, and Med Circle on YouTube and all these different places, right? What we found is she is exhibiting uh, traits and um, symptoms of schizophrenia. And I don't say that lightly. Schizophrenia is a very, very misused and, and, and misunderstood medical term and medical condition. So I'm not trying to misuse that and just say, oh, I think, you know, this person's crazy. No, she is experiencing and, and like I said, showing signs of schizophrenia. And, and again, this person is very, very close uh, to my heart. So excuse me if I'm kind of stumbling through this. I'm still trying to, you know, process everything as well. So anyway, so this person tries to get her husband arrested uh, the other day. So things have been, you know, getting worse, getting worse, getting worse. Um, it, it started out with tracking on her phone. She's somebody hacked her phone. Somebody's tracking, you know, her and, and able to control her speedometer, uh, in the car just because her car's connected to Bluetooth, right? Or, or just because her phone's connected to her car's Bluetooth, this person can now, um, 
do the speedometer and, and make it rise and fall through the phone. And so the, these are the things I'm kind of going through here, uh, y'all. But but just this is what I've come to realize, okay? Through her trying to get her husband arrested, getting a protective order on him now, whenever he didn't do anything, the, the how she tried to get him arrested was she called the uh, 911. She said that she was trying to... Or, or, or she felt like she was, her stomach was really hurting. She was throwing up. And she said, I think my husband poisoned me. I think my husband spiked my drink. So naturally, these types of things happen. Cops are going to get called. Cops are going to come and, and with the ambulance and question and all these different things. And I'm stuck in the middle of it because of who these people are. Okay? Because of who these people are, I am stuck dead in the middle of it. And I look up to heaven and I cry out, why, God? Why am I going to through this? She gives me one side of the story. He gives me another. And it's not like I can just remove myself from the situation because this is my mom. This is my stepdad. This is who we're talking about. I cannot just remove myself from the situation. And so I say, why, God? Why are you allowing this to happen? Or for some of our listeners, why are you causing this to happen? Whichever, it's still mm. happening. And, 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 and what we were just, so the reason that ties in is that's what we were just talk, talking about. Does God cause or allow evil, right? And we believe that he allows it. I don't think that God is causing all these evil things, right? But that's beside the point. The point is there's still evil happening to me, and I don't know what to do. Mm. Turn yeah. to God. Turn to God. <clears throat> Turn to the Bible. Go to my pastor. What do I do? And so that's kind of, I know, Josh, you've got your own, we, we really didn't prepare because, again, we've got three episodes uh, to do tonight. This is our second one. If you want to catch us later, um, I will be doing a show on Mormonism here at 8 o'clock and on Facebook Live and YouTube. So if you want to, go check out uh, the Complete Center's Guide YouTube channel and Facebook. We're going to live stream about Mormonism and how to evangelize to Mormons. But right now, like I said, we're talking about practical theology. How do I take what I learn and apply it to my life, especially in the hard times, especially whenever I'm going through something? One, I don't feel that I deserve because of the, let's face it, whenever we ask why, God, we're saying, I don't deserve this. In one sense, anyway, there's multiple different senses, but in, in, in the majority, I'm speaking from my personal experience, right? This is my thing. Why, God, I don't deserve this. So anyway, let me bring on Josh. Let me bring on Noah. Let's see where we where we're at. And and if anyone out there is going through anything similar like that or any kind of suffering whatsoever, don't tune out. Listen to this episode. We want to help people that are trying to be like Christ. But whenever things are just whenever the tide is over your head and you are literally drowning and you don't know where to go and it's just chaos. You're no longer inside your wall. You're no longer inside your city. It's no longer safe. You are in chaos and you don't know where to turn. Josh, what do you got to speak? What what do you got to say to that in particular? Well, I mean, that's that given that that's all really kind of uh, directly about you individually. I, I would, there's, there's a lot I would say to it, but I think in general, I, I think the passage that we have selected tonight is probably going to really speak to your heart in a special way. Yeah. Um, and I think that this, the, the way that we use this practically is going to be something genuinely practical for you. So it's going to be a good, uh, a, a good answer to what, whatever it was that you were just troubled with in your heart, you know, um, the, 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 the trouble the trouble that you feel in your heart when you see evil in the world, I believe is the part of you that is genuinely marked with the image of God because you see things you, you see you see the promise of what things could be and mm-hmm. it seems to haunt rather than to, to reveal you know and that haunting is kind of a, an experience that we, we don't really know what to, to, to pin that with. We don't we, we don't really know what to hang that hat on. It's a, yeah. it's a very hard thing to experience this haunting feeling that the, the universe isn't the way that it should be, mm. even though we've never Do you think seen we all feel that way? Do you think we all I feel that way? Everyone listening now, I mean, yes, Craig, you know, Christian, do we see that there's sin out there? But do you think everyone, even unbelievers, have that feeling of, hey, something is not right in this I world? 
Yeah, I think as a whole, the human race understands. It's like, why would there be humanism? Why would there be this outcry for like yeah, uh, the civil justice. rights movement? Why, why would there be this outcry sure. for the, the environment? Why would this be this outcry for vegetarianism or any other uh, moralistic cause that somebody could take up? Why would there be that outcry if we didn't have this haunting mm. feeling that there there ought to be something different than what we see? Noah, what do you think about that? Do you My, do you look out in the world and see that there is a problem out there that that we need a solution to, or or how how do you think what Josh just said? You know, I I would tell you this, Tyler. What I, what I would say is I think God uses all circumstances. I I would tell you that this is biblical. God uses all circumstances and and everything that we experience to to bring people into his kingdom. And so maybe Amen. that's clouded right now. And maybe you can't see that. And maybe the person that maybe it's you, maybe it's your mom, maybe it's somebody else that you're not even thinking about. And that person is being led through Christ through this, uh, through this awful circumstance. And I think that when we put on our mm. kingdom goggles and we start looking f- with the kingdom, kingdom perspective, goggles. well, from that, what I mean by that is if, yeah. if our only goal like it. was to seek after God and to encourage others to seek after God, and, and we call those our kingdom gods, we look around, is there anything, is there any opportunity that you have to talk to somebody or experience somebody that you wouldn't have ordinarily had? I had a good friend of mine who went through not one, but two different divorces. Um, he was, I don't know how to put this, I guess I'll just say he was an unwilling participant in both of them, right? Very God-centered sure. man. And he asked that question, why? Why is God allowing this to happen? And in both circumstances, there were people that said, that came to Christ saying that they witnessed the way that he treated people. Because obviously, you know, you can imagine, right, two, two different spouses leaving um, from somebody who tries to live a Christ-centered life. You can imagine that the perception anyway is, wow, that's really hard on that guy. And the way that he responded with love to both those people and everybody else around him throughout the, both of those entire ordeals, uh, led a, led a number of different people to Christ. And when I, when I talked to him about it, if I, if I, if he was here on the show and I asked him, I said, what do you think about this? Or what, what is your looking back on it? Hindsight 2020, what is it? He would say that it's all worth it because people came to know Christ. And so I would just encourage you, brother. I, I think, that God uses all these circumstances either to bring you closer to him or to bring somebody else closer to him. Yes, I, I, I agree 100%. So look at it through, you know, and if I can even add a perspective to your kingdom, kingdom goggle analogy, I really like that analogy, by the way. I really, really like that. But if I can add this, look at the good. Try to look and see at the good in this and exactly how God's shaping. And what I mean by that is this, I can look back and see God intervening in my life. The example that I like to use is whenever I was, whenever I was led to Christ, I, I I do believe that I was, you know, that was the way God had intended for me to be led to Christ, moved to Florida. My dad get in touch with this guy just, just randomly, you know, over pool and, and all of those circumstances that led to me meeting Alpha, I do believe that, you know, God had his hand in that. He was working in all of that, even in the bad, even in the drug addiction, even in the adultery, or, or not adultery, but fornication. In all of that, yes, I was doing it. Yes, all of those things came back on me. But at the same time, God was with me. And in that and even in the bad, and and this is what Romans eight twenty eight means, right? We're going to get into Luke twenty two here in just a second. I want to read it, but at the same time, this is what Romans eight twenty eight means. God is working all things together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to His purpose, right? And and so just that, if you are a believer, and trust me, we're going to speak to unbelievers here in just a second. But if you're a Christian, if your faith is in Christ and you're going through a difficult time right now, and I've said it before, I'll say it again, and it's hard. Oh, trust me, it's hard because I fell at this all the time, it feels like. But in the bad situation, when you're angry, it's not a sin to be angry. It's a sin to sin while you're angry, right? And so with that, just try. This in, I, I was talking to my pastor about this a while ago. This involves grit. This involves biting down and doing it, Right? But try to see the good in the bad situations, even when you don't want to. Because trust me, whenever I'm angry, I don't want to please God. What I want to do is whatever in that angry moment, right? 
but this is where the Holy Spirit enables us not only to say, yes, I can do this, I can really not sin and be angry, but do it. This involves your participation as well. But uh, Josh, you got anything else to add to that before we jump into Luke 22? Or um, what, what are your thoughts I, I mean, about honestly, that, I, I really don't think it needs much more of a segue. We, you guys are really just hitting on the point. But I, 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 I would want to ask, are, um, yeah. you know, what, are, what, what translation are you reading out of, bud? I always use the New English translation, um, just NET, something that right? I started with. Yep, the NET. I was just, uh, okay. one thing I started with, I love the NET. So right now, actually, what I whenever I study the Bible on just private time, I have an NET version and a King James version up. Because just with the talks that Michael Keaton and I have had over, you know, Texas Receptus and, and the NA28 and all these different things that, that my textual listeners will, uh, will you know, appreciate, uh, I like to see both, you know, side by side and, um, you know, right. just to see, you know, the quote unquote differences there, um, none obviously theologically, you know, doctrinally significant, but at the same time, there are interesting differences and I like seeing, but to answer your question, short version, the NET. Um, so yeah, okay, let's cool. go ahead and jump into uh, Luke twenty two thirty nine, and I'll just go ahead and start reading. And Josh, you're talking about um, Jesus's arrest. Uh, do you want me to read the crucifixion as well, or uh, just actually holler at me when to stop if you want? Um, honestly, you know what? You, you know what? I was actually going to. Uh, uh, I, I was going to to to, to just have. Uh, I, honestly, we, we, just 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 read the the section where where uh, you stop at forty six. And we'll talk about that section first, because I don't know how far we're going to (laughs) get. Okay. All right. Yeah, fair enough. All right. So Luke 22, 39 through 46. Let's go there. Then Jesus went out and made his way as he customarily did to the Mount of Olives. And the disciples followed him. When he came to the place, he said to them, pray that you will not fall into temptation. Verse 41. He went away from them about a stone's throw, knelt down and prayed, Father, if you are willing, take this cup away from me, yet not my will, but yours be done. Then an angel from heaven appeared to him and strengthened him. And in his anguish, he prayed more earnestly, and his sweat was like drops of blood falling to the ground. When he got up from prayer, he came to the disciples, found them sleeping, exhausted from grief. So he said to them, why are you sleeping? Get up and pray that you will not fall into temptation interesting josh what are your thoughts on that Ooh, yeah i'm not sure how much there. we're gonna get tonight bro <laughs> there's a lot there okay okay so there's a lot there all right so the first thing that we can see in verse 39 then jesus went out and made his way as he customarily did so this is not something that was an isolated thing this is a tendency that jesus has to do what to go to the high place, this place Mm. that his disciples follow him to. What does he do there? What does he recommend the disciples do there? To pray, okay? This is a thing where we ascend the hill of the Lord purposefully, like you said before. We're going to actually engage. It's going to be something that sometimes is not exactly what you're wanting to do right now, and you're going Mm. to decisively engage with god's word with prayer with with a confession with a self-reflection with Mm -hmm. self-discipline and all these other things that we're going to be learning as disciples uh there's two examples that we have here in 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 this this passage of both the disciples and our example from christ right Mm -hmm. it says in, in verse 39 jesus went out and made his way as he customarily did to the mount of olives and the disciples followed him. Number one, the first commandment Jesus ever gave to his disciples was follow thou me. Mm. Right? Mm-hmm. Right. That's the first thing. So understanding that even when we're following the example of the disciples, what are we doing? We are following him. We're going to follow Christ. Christ Amen. is the center. He's the pillar at the center of the city. He's the pillar at the center of the earth. He is the top of the mountain. He is the cloud that covers the top of the mountain. He is the presence of God. And that's what we're doing by going to the high place. That's what our prayer is, is to ascend our spirit by looking upward to the heaven, to see that God is above us, to yield to his higher authority by making ourselves low so that he 
could lift us up. That's what that's for. And so ultimately the answer for what you were asking before, first of all, is to is to descend to your knees and ascend the hill of the Lord. Both mm-hmm. both of those at the same time. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's to to humble to humble ourselves before God's authority and God's prerogative. Mm-hmm. And and also expect as Jesus did, that God is going to do something about it, whether it is to intervene in the situation or to strengthen you in it, mm-hmm. right? That's, that's ultimately what we're going to see here is the disciples follow him. Then he came to the place. He said to them, pray that you do not fall into temptation. So they're at the mm-hmm. high place and he tells them not to fall. It's, it's really in the place where you realize, like, let's say God's on your side and you recognize it. Guess what's coming next? Satan's going to try to hammer you. Mm. And so you need to be in constant communion with God. You need to be in communication with God and asking that he would, he would be in, in a full, fullest sense invested in you and you invested in him so that you would not fall away into temptation, right? To literally mm. come back from the high place of that communion with him that you're trying to get to when you pray earnestly from your heart. And we're about mm-hmm. to get an example of what that would look like. Right. And, 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 and the way that this all is kind of flowing, do you see how I'm reading this? Mm-hmm. Okay. Symbolically. So, so when, 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 huh? Symbolically. Right. So you notice how, let me ask you a question then before I go any further, how would you yeah. distinguish that from the way that you would normally read this passage? Just verse 39. Well, all the way up to, I, I've, I've now gotten to through verse 40. Right, so right. The first two verses and, and Jesus's interaction with his disciples. And I've already come across so much interaction with, with what you would and what, what you would and could and should do in real life when you encounter the things that you, that you are encountering. You see what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. I don't think that there is, you know, I think you're reading this, you know, in this symbolic fashion, so to say, right? Like, I don't think there's any difference in the way that I would hear my preacher read this, you know, on a Sunday morning. You know what I mean? So, so does that answer your question, Josh? Or are you looking sure, for a little bit yeah. I more? Mean, and, and ultimately, how, how is it that, that we're able to, and, and this is something that I think is really remarkable and it's a provision of god in our lives that we don't ever really recognize to the fullest extent right how is it that you're able to see these kind of pictures that the 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 words that we're using are really painting right how is it that you're able to map this on to your experience Mm -hmm. in such a way that you can see jesus went out made his way he customarily did to the mount of olives the disciples followed him he came to the place he said to them, pray that you do not fall into temptation. How does that inform me of all of the things that I just said? And how does it inform your pastor of all the things that I just said? How is it that this maps so perfectly onto what it is that we are doing when we're participating in God's uh, 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 intention for our life? We're following mm-hmm. and yielding the spirit, right? Because we're constantly in that, that, that position to follow Christ. As he goes up, we're going up. Right. That's right. And that's when that's when we're praying and we're giving ourselves and our attention to the Lord. We're pointing ourselves right there. That's where. And here's the thing is, it's kind of like um, when uh, uh, when my son or my daughter is learning how to walk and they get that look on their face like, ha ha ha, this is really cool. They get ready to take off. They look away from where they're going and then they mm-hmm. bite it super hard. Right. Like the the best thing for you when you're trying to learn how to move forward is to keep your eyes on where you're going right sure. so where you're pointing your attention where you're what what it is you're celebrating by participating in certain things is is where it is your heart's going to be in 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 terms of your your interaction with god and with people right mm-hmm. those things that you bring into yourself are those things that are going to end up working out of yourself which is why it's important that while we're in communion with god God works into you his will and his way so that you can do the things that God has for you. Otherwise, right. how would you, it's like, how would we, uh, how would we end up loving our neighbor as ourselves and loving even our enemy without God's guidance in the situation to do that yeah. appropriately? Yeah. You need to yeah. do that. Don't quench the spirit. 
You know what I mean? I think that's what, you know, that verse is really uh, applying to. Do, do not quench the spirit. It's a command to allow, for lack of better words, you know, the spirit of God to work through you. And and this right. is, I mean, we can fight this. You know, Paul says in Romans 7, I do that which I do not want to do, right? Well, how does that work, Paul? You're right. quenching the spirit. That's what you're doing. And, and so whenever we, you know, fall back, so say, and, and, and again, for lack of better terms, do not get your theology from country songs, but let Jesus take the will, right? Not let go and let God, you know, in everything. Well, I'm just going to sit back and be idle. This is what verse 39 says. Get up and follow Jesus. That's the commandment, and it's an active one, ladies and gentlemen. Amen. We don't just sit back idly by because we are not following Jesus up the mountain at that point. We're sitting at the foot of the hill, and nothing ever, ever gets accomplished by being idle. We must be active. We must work with the Holy Spirit. Yes, I know my theology geeks know that word, right? <laughs> working with the Holy Spirit and accomplishing that which God has predestined for us, right? All of these different goals, all of these different good works that Ephesians says that God has done this, you know, that he has predestined, we work with the Holy Spirit to do those things. And so whenever we accomplish them, whenever we do that, yeah, we can pause the Holy Spirit, kind of like Jonah did, right, in going to Nineveh. He delayed the inevitable, is all Jonah did, and we can do that as well. But at the same time, why? Whenever you have the Holy Spirit working through you, get up follow Jesus and stop being lazy. Right. And yet even then God used Jonah in order to, uh, uh, reach ah. the, the men who were on the ship. So, so if Jonah, what Jonah meant for disobedience into, into a form of good. usefulness, because God yes. is good, bro. Where sin abounds, grace abounds more, right? Amen. Where sin abounds in Jonah's sin. If he just, it, it, that's a, you know, that's a beautiful point. I never really thought of until now. If Jonah would have went to Nineveh and obeyed God, well, he wouldn't have told the gospel to the, um, the ship people, the, uh, the mates that took him to Tarshish. Right. Right. And they so never would have like encountered the God of Jonah. Right. Nope. Never would have encountered the God of Jonah. Yeah. Maybe we can speculate somewhere down the road. The God of Jonah through Jonah, well, maybe like that. else. Like that exactly. Circumstance that would have been so spectacular. Bro, can you imagine being one of the crew on the ship, just watching all of a sudden the storm comes up? You throw Jonah overboard, right, and then it, it's gone. You see the well and all these different things. And what does the end of it say? They repented. They repented and right. turned and worshipped the God of Jonah. And so we that just goes to show that our actions. Even and dealing with, you know, trying to help people through your hard times, like for so taking this kind of full circle back now, you know, with me and my mom and my stepdad and all those different things, your actions in those circumstances, in those environments, you have no idea how they will affect people down the road. Jonah had no idea whenever he went to Tarshish, these three, you know, or however many crew members were on board, would convert and put their faith into the God of Jonah. No, no, Jonah never knew that. And we don't know that. We don't know who we're affecting whenever not only do we, you know, evangelize or, or just share our faith with people or just talk to people about God. We don't know who's listening. We don't know who's watching. And so whenever we follow Christ, we're to be the best representatives of him that we can be, right? Do that. Follow him and let the Holy Spirit guide you in that walk. This is the, the I think, you know, Josh talking about some symbolism, following Christ. I think the reason he used that terminology so much is to give us a picture. Hey, do what I do. That is symbolic in and of itself. Be like I am, right? Right. Yeah. I mean, it, and so, and it's not just symbolic, obviously. And, and but sure. But I believe that insofar as it makes an image for us, like you just said, it gives us an image. Christ is the it, what is Hebrew? My favorite. What is Hebrews one verse three? <laughs> just the third verse is mm -hmm. enough. He is perfectly the father in front of us. Perfectly. 
That's exactly. Amen. He is the image of the Father perfectly Amen. in front of us. And, and, and to follow we, him, just real quick, and to yeah. follow him, we are the perfect representatives and image of God the Father and Christ and the Holy Spirit. Right? That's what we are called to be. Be holy for I am holy. To represent and to not only represent, but reflect. We're ambassadors, yes, but we let our light shine so other people see God in us, right? Right, exactly. And and the way that, that we let our light shine so that they can see it in us is in our practical, everyday, hab- habitual living, because we're creatures Amen. of habit. That's what God established us to be. And that's yes. why it's the case that prayer and fasting are supposed to be things that you're practicing continually, not on a, on a, on like a whim. It's not like a, uh, like this is something that I do. It's special. It's like, it shouldn't be something that's holiday. Like it should be something that's, that's, that's a, a habitual thing that you come to God. It's a mm-hmm. habitual thing. It's, it's, yes. it's always, it should be just as regular as waking and sleeping. You know, and it's like the language that Christ uses, speaking of imagery, when he's talking about how he could come like a thief in the night. You know what that tells me? That tells me that I should have more faith in Christ coming back than I have in the sun Ah. rising tomorrow. Keep your eyes on the heavenly things. Right. And to keep your attention pointed in the right direction at the right things. And that mm-hmm. keeps yourself in the right order, because if you're if your attention is set there and you're yielding yourself to that as a higher authority, whatever it is that you're venerating, you're going to make your best attempt to be like that's part of mm-hmm. your habitual thing. That's what mm-hmm. you're going to do. That's where a lot of our aspirations come from, where we build them from. We look up to something and then we build an aspiration to be like that something. It's like, mm-hmm. what are you aiming at is a really good question. What is sin? Sin is missing the mark, is it not? Mm. Right. This yes. is all the same kind of imagery. And ultimately, when you sin, is when you are not looking at Christ. Mm-hmm. And looking at something else. Right. Putting something yes. else in the place of God. <laughs> yeah, one of the three uh, 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 oppositions that we have, right? The, the world, the flesh, and the devil. That's enough. Mm. We're surrounded by, like... It's it's it, we really are occupying enemy territory here. Being on yeah. uh, on on uh, on God's radar is is inevitably being on Satan's radar, you know. And so uh, the very next verse here, moving on in forty one, it says he went away from them, the disciples, about a stone's throw. That's not very far, obviously, probably about fifty feet, maybe. Right? He knelt yeah. down again. What did he do? He went up the hill. He ascended toward the Lord. He, he put his attention up to the highest place, and then he literally went there, too. But this mm-hmm. symbolically, if we're going to apply this to our lives and our prayer, we put our attention to the Lord. He's the highest, right? He's the most high. That's what that language right. means. He is, right. There's nothing above him. He is the most high, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so his, his, he, he went to the highest place, and then he went down. He knelt down, and he prayed, right? And this is something that you can either do with your body uh, or or not, it, it's not necessarily the, the case that that has any kind of mystical powers necessarily, but right. there's something about positioning your body in such a way that is participating in honoring and reverencing God as a most high authority, as the That's sovereign, right. as the king, and to bow before him. It's customary. It's ritualistic. Sure. And it does not have mystical power, but to participate in that does have significance and you can experience its significance it does have meaning right mm-hmm. and so doing that is something that we can do when we pray but ultimately what's more important than the position of your knees is the position of your heart and your attention what it is that you are are aiming at again that same thing right and yeah. and in the prayer he says father if you are willing take this cup from me lord god if you would like to, in your sovereign prerogative, intervene for me in this way, please. Mm-hmm. Right? Yet, right. not my will, not my prerogative, but your prerogative, your will, your desires, and your outcome is what I would desire to be done over my immediate desire. Right. Right. And this is the sacrifice of oneself, the yielding to the higher authority. 
And in this context, we know that Christ is talking about something more than than relational family issues or anything like that. He's talking about his yeah. own demise. And, and I'm not trying to make light of that, but I'm trying to make application of it. And it is a yeah. really deep thing for ourselves as believers who are going to be like the disciples and follow him. He says to take up your cross. I don't know what we think that means other than what he's talking about here. That's right. That's right. Hey, you know, I just and to, and to really live that out in such a way that other men can see that what we're doing is taking up our cross voluntarily yeah. and, and, and undergoing the suffering that it is to be the right kind of thing in front of the wrong kind of world. No, I, mean, I, 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 I'm, I didn't mean to interrupt you. You can go ahead and say something, bro. Yeah. No, I would. No, I mean, you're, you're right on. I just wanted to give a shout out to Michael Starr, who just messaged me on Facebook and said he's praying for my mom. I just, I, if you're listening to Mike, I really, really appreciate that, brother. Um, thank you so much. So just a shout out to Michael Starr for, uh, for the prayers there. But yeah, yeah man, he actually I, asked what the uh, what the what the phone number is. One eight fifty five four five zero six six two four. It's eight five five four five zero six six two four. The email. Why oh, we don't have email on the show? I forgot. Yeah, Maybe I thought I, we did. Uh, I thought we did. Live at, live at completecenters dot com. And then hello well, at completecenters dot com. all that immediately anymore. Yeah, he said I'm listening and you're welcome. Ah. Appreciate that, brother. But yeah, phone number if you want to call in, uh eight five oh five oh when one eight five five four five zero four zero six six two four two four. Yep, that's it. So <laughs> I, I I gotta get that thing memorized again. I haven't said that in for so long. Um but I just I do want to point out something. Um if he uh calls in, uh Noah, please connect him. Mm-hmm. But while we're while we're waiting, I want to look at what Jesus said in verse forty two here. Father, if you're willing, take this cup away from me yet. Not my will, but yours be done. I think we could spend an hour just on this verse alone, right? Look at 43, right, though. Sure. Then an angel from heaven appeared to him and strengthened him. So I want to take these Amen. two things together. I want to take these two together. So, yes, Jesus is saying, Father, ta- I, I don't want to do this, right? I, 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 in his humanity, can you imagine? Why was he sweating drops of blood? Go back to 37. For I tell you, the scripture must be fulfilled. And he was counted with the transgressors. For what is written about me is being fulfilled. So they said to him, Lord, look, here are two swords. He told them that's enough. What's going on? Jesus is describing his death. He knows that he's about to die. He knows that he's about to bear the weight of the world on his shoulders. Not even that, but the weight of the world's sin. That's a heavy weight. The weight of the right. world's sin on his shoulders while his arms are east and west as far as they can go, probably out of socket, after he has just gotten beaten, after he has just suffered, right? He says, Father, let this cup pass from me, right? This is before he got beaten, but you know, Jesus knows what's right. coming here, ladies and gentlemen. And so with this, he says, Father, I don't want to do this, but what is the but? So we just take that by ourselves. How many day, times do we get up from work or for work at five o'clock in the morning? That's what time I get up for work. Well, I get up four thirty, but still, and say I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. But for some reason, I am going to work. This is what Jesus was doing, but his reason was to please the Father. That's why he went to the cross, for it pleased the Father to crush the Son. Why? Because on him he bore our sins bore our sins in his body so that we might be forgiven. Pretty good exchange, if you ask me. You mean Jesus bore the weight for my wrath on the cross? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You don't have to be punished for it. It's done. It's over with. Tetelestai. That's Greek for it is finished. There is no more. And so with that, Jesus still said, Father, not my will, but your will be done. Why? Because even the the good thing... Remember whenever P, uh, Jesus rebuked Peter? He said, Lord, you're not going to die. I'm not going to die. And what did Peter say? Or what did Jesus say? Get behind me, Satan. Get behind me, Satan. Because you are not wanting to do the will of my Father. Guys and gals, sometimes the will of the Father, it looks bad to us. It looks bad to Jesus. going to be beaten, spit on, mocked whipped with a cat of nine tails. Y'all know what that is. Little rods and rocks and shards of glass and all these different things in a whip that is meant to tear and, 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 or not incinerate, but to tear and make incisions in your flesh. 
Like, that's what that's designed to do. The Romans were really good at creating things to hurt you with, right? And so, well, with well, all here, of here's that... here's the thing. Is it, it, every, yeah, go everything ahead, Josh. Everything that you're describing in the literal happenings in Jesus' mm-hmm. arrest and his trial and then the persecution and death that they delivered to him, right? Mm-hmm. All of that is actually something that that intentionally, if we look at it in the same way that I'm looking at these verses, right? They took him and they put him in front of everybody as a spectacle and they ripped his flesh away from him violently. Now, is mm-hmm. if that does not map on to the, the, the Christian experience in a way, let me give you a way to map that on here, right? God is going to use you as an example, because as you've said before, we are the light of the world and God's going to use us as a light and a spectacle that won't be hidden. And what's going to happen. We're going to have to We're going to have to submit ourselves to have our flesh ripped away from us. Mm. Are we not? Yeah, we are. We are. That's part of the deal, isn't it? Mm -hmm. You're going to take up your cross and you're going to follow him. And the weight of that statement alone, I think, should be what it means when Christ said, count the cost of our discipleship and understanding that what we're doing is not walking into a field of daisies. We're walking into a minefield in enemy territory. That's right. That's right. And when we are on God's radar, we are going to be on Mm -hmm. Satan's radar. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's so why anybody contemplate that all of these things have to be a reflective. They have to be a reflection mm-hmm. to us of how to encounter this kind of of pain and temptation to because, again, I believe that Christ being God could have done something about all of this through any point. Right. He could have intervened mm-hmm. and tried to resist what was going on. And yet he submitted to the authority. That's right. That's right. And we're not saying that if you, anybody that's contemplating, should I be a Christian, should I not? Let me just tell you this. There's a lot of people that say that it's a walk in the park. It's a a bed of roses. You're going to be happy, healthy, wealthy, all these different things. Let me just stop that. Hey, Tyler, before before you go any further, I I just want to, I just want to jump on here. We do have a, uh, have a call uh, in 855 450 No, it's 855-450-6624. You're on Complete Sinners. Good evening. Hey, good evening. Tyler, hey, Mike. How's it going? Hi, Michael Starr. Hey. What's going on, my friend? Oh, doing wonderful, my guys. And uh, <laughs> just my heart was pricked. And um, one of those things when you mentioned uh, when Jesus went to go pray and what did his disciples do? They went and fell asleep. And so when, like, as believers come together and stuff, I was like when I've been in programs before sometimes too, it's like when I'm not really alert and tuned in, sometimes like my mind will wander off. And so if we're praying for somebody, it's like, it's always good to keep your mind focused on who you're praying for and focused on God. And if you let your mind wander, you kind of get distracted and just lose and you lose focus. And, and then also too, when the spirit says, you know, Hey, go pray for this person or pray for this person now or whatever, we don't want to get distracted. We want to do it as soon as possible because if you don't, you might just forget about it or whatever. And we don't want to quench the spirit when, hey, when the spirit alerts you and say, hey, this person needs prayer, go pray with them. Um, the situation you know, with Josh and his and his daughter, you know, he's someone that's in that's hurting, that's going through something. The spirit says, hey, go pray for this person. You act on it, and it's like you got to do that right away. If you wait, right, then you might lose that opportunity. And also, exactly. too, like when Jesus was healing people, right, when when the disciples asked, you know, say, hey, is it is it like a family sin? Is that why that person's, you know, cruci- or like, you know, hurting or crippled mm-hmm. or whatever? And Jesus answered and said, no, that's the person is so that God will be glorified in whatever ailment or whatever something's going through. So this thing with your mom, that could be this situation where God is going to be glorified through something like that. So that's maybe why she's even going through this at the time, you know? That's right. Um, yeah, she's that's struggling right. with this you know, schizophrenia, but God will be glorified when she gets healed. That's something mm-hmm. we got to remember and rely on. You know, that's the possibility that can happen. So, and I do believe that, you know, um, 
um, it could affect right. somebody's life, you know, seeing that healing that it can draw somebody to Christ, you know. Yeah. What it, we right. know, whatever happens is going to be for good. You know, however my mom's situation turns yes, out, exactly. you know, and again, brother, thank you so yep. much again for the prayers and, and, and the phone call. You know what I mean? But, uh, you very absolutely. Welcome. Thank you. <laughs> All right. So one eight five five four five zero six six two four. We do got about nine minutes left, um, but we got time to take another phone call if you'd like to jump in. But man, I really like, like I said, so just, this episode kind of just came together. Um, it's still kind of coming together. I mean, we didn't really plan for this. Um, but at the same time, I, I like that because it gives us a chance to just be real. And that's what I want to be um, yeah. with you guys. You know, whenever I struggle with something or Josh struggles with something or Noah struggles with something, like I said, I think one way that we can just get closer as Christians is to talk about these things, right? To say, hey, you know, I see it every day. I see it every day, really, but really every Sunday, whenever we go and we greet and we're, we're at fellowship, right? And we say, hey, how you doing? Uh, yeah, I'm good. I'm good. And, and I'm good. Okay. Yeah, I'm good. Okay. I'm good. Fine. And it's like, no, there's times whenever we're not okay. And you can see it on people's face. You ain't even got to ask them, hey, how you doing? Right. You can just yeah. see it on their face. Let's love. Let us work. If you take nothing away from this episode tonight, which I hope you do, I pray that you do. Right. But at the same time, let's love one another. That's where all of this begins. That's where we let our light shine all the time is love. Right. And we can do that with anybody, anybody around. We can love them. Josh, you had something to say. Right. Yeah, I was well. I was going to say. I mean, the, the way that you kind of described that as as being more practical in the church, you really applied that really well. Like the the person that you see, right? And you mm -hmm. see that they're they're in a place where they're not like their face, their countenance, right? It's 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 falling. Yeah. They look upset. They look visibly and maybe even like emotionally. You can kind of see and feel being around them that they're not really part of what's going on around them. They've they've become distanced, right? And it's like, what do you do? that that could be inviting while not being like damaging and intrusive it's like we we have this kind of line that we like to draw for ourselves and so we go up to this person and we say hi how you doing oh, i'm glad you're here mm -hmm. this week how, how are you doing oh you're good okay oh, yeah. and then you kind of walk away it's like instead you yeah. see the pain on someone why don't you walk up to them and simply invite god to be the one who does something and say hey good morning can i pray with you Mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. in this person they're already there it's like okay it's like when i was a when i was a car salesman uh I, I i realized something about being there that the people that are coming on the car lot it's like well i i don't have to convince them to look for a car they're not there to look for a puppy right like you're not mm -hmm. at church to look for uh sports reviews like you're here at church yeah. you feel the pain in your heart and you're here at church because even though you're in pain kind of like thomas it's like he was distant from the the, the disciples after Jesus died, right? He was distant from the disciples and he, they all, they, they were, oh, we saw him. We saw him. And he's like, yeah, hogwash. I'm not going to believe it till I see it. Mm. But he was still around them. He was yeah. still around in his pain. He still put himself around where he thought the presence was going to be. And when it showed up, it addressed him. And so yeah. that's the same thing that we can do with our, our, our walk individually. Like in that instance, what you just said, that's where the rubber meets the road. You see somebody who's in pain. Invite God into their situation and simply say, this yeah. is what we're going to do. We're going to pray right now. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to pray with you. And that's it. Mm -hmm. And let you know? God work. And, and, and yeah, exactly. And, and if, even if they're like, uh, it's okay. It's like, look, man, here, here, just hold on. Lord, thank you for this person. I am glad that they're here this morning. Bless mm -hmm. their heart. Amen. It's like, right. why not just invite God right on top of them? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I like what Michael uh, just said. He just texted me again on uh, Facebook. He said it's fitting because we need to love like Jesus does without limits. Yeah. Without Amen. limits. <laughs> love Amen. without limits is, the, is one of the new uh, 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 mottos of the mission. I like that. I like that. We need to get some shirts made that says that love without limits. That'd be sweet. Yeah. So, Noah, what do you think about all this, man? Like, what are you, some closing thoughts from you, brother, if you're still here with us? Yeah, no. Ah, yeah, you are. Close, closing thoughts would be this, Tyler. I think yeah. that I think that if we shift our perspective, you say it all the time, perspective is everything. And I think allowing us right. to shift our perspective, and that, that might be hard for you in your particular situation right now, 
But I think shifting our perspective allows us to see a different side of it. And I think shifting our perspective allows us to see the positive and the good side of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, we need we need to because whenever we'll put it like this, whenever we're in a bad situation, we have blinders up that we only see the bad in it. And so whenever we shift our perspective, like you just said, Noah, we do. We we need to look at this problem from a different lens, from a different angle, from a different perspective. Because whenever we see, whenever we stop thinking about it ourselves, right, and I don't mean this in any bad way, but whenever we think, oh, woe is me, right, why is this happening to me, I don't believe this, I don't deserve this, yada, 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 this is the decision, this is, not the decision, this is the circumstance that God has put you in right now, all you can go is up. That's the only place you can go and keep going up. And I said I was going to address unbelievers, you know, in this, this is where you go, Turn to Jesus. Drugs won't cut it. Sex won't cut it. The band won't cut it. I promise you, I've been there. Therapy didn't cut it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I went to the shrinks. I went to all these different people. I'm not saying there's not a place, but I'm saying what did it for me is Jesus. He, that, that's his job. He's the Savior. And so whenever we trust him, whenever we're born again, everything changes. Not for the, not for the better here, this is home, or this isn't home, this is temporary. Everything changes, yes, here and now, but for the future. For the future, whenever God comes back to reign as king. Where are you going to be? Who is your allegiance with? Is it with him, or will it be thrown into hell? Because that's the only two options. That is the only two options. Trust Christ. Trust Jesus. He helps us. He suffered so that in his role as high priest, I know that might not mean a lot to people, but let me put it like this. He can sympathize with us. Why? Because he experienced temptation like we've never even thought of. Right. Like we right. have never. That's what it means to be a high priest. It means to relate the people to God, to be a mediator between God and man. The man, Christ Jesus, is our mediator. And he took on flesh so that he could suffer with us with us be like christ be like him don't take anything else away from this fine take this be like jesus josh last words follow him follow him right right is that's the thing is is keep keep your aim where it belongs if Mm. you don't know what to do at least you know where to look and it's like it became something that is a pitiful cliche, unfortunately, but really it's a valid, it's a valid inference from what we're talking about to bring to your own life the question, what would Jesus be doing with what I have now? Yeah. Relevant question. Relevant yeah. question. All right. Thank you guys so much. This has been the Complete Sinners Guide. We will be back next week with a brand new episode. Thank you, Joshua Davidson, for joining us. Noah Chalaya, I've been your host, Tyler Fowler. God bless, good night, and we will see you next time.